Good morning, everyone. And again, I'll say it like I said last week, Merry Christmas, everybody. So I'm so excited about Christmas in July, I actually have a Christmas shirt on under this robe. It's so exciting. So, and we have, we have these awesome uh, Christmas stockings right here um, that you can get at any of the entrance of the church. And at the Fifth and Chestnut out, uh, lobby out here, there's actually a Christmas tree. And these stockings, we do these every year. They go uh, to the Salvation Army to help kids have an awesome Christmas. So be sure to get one of those to pick up. But not only is Christmas in July that, but we're also having Christmas in July this Wednesday night with the kids and the youth will be up in the gym. Uh, they are packing shoe boxes that go to South America. And that is something that the United Methodist Church does a as a whole, and we're part of that. Um, so it's going to be a great thing we can do. Uh, when youth and kids come this Wednesday, if you could bring $5, if you're able to, that helps with postage for the shoeboxes. Uh, we're going to get all the supplies that you need to fill those shoeboxes. Um, and also, we're going to have pizza and cookies and just a big old Christmas party, too. It's going to be great. And if you're not a youth or a kid and you just want to pop in and say hi on Wednesday night, come do that. Um, we would love to see you. So... Um, it's going to be great. Sunday, August 8th, we're having a big youth event from 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. It's a big back-to-school type of thing, and a lot of the stuff we're doing is a surprise, so I can't even say it, but you're going to want to check that out. Catherine organized a really awesome um, skating party a couple weeks ago. Well, that was last week. The skating day was awesome, wasn't it? But, uh, and I have to report, none of the parents broke any bones skating, but yes, we had many close calls. The uh, grown-ups, we were even talking about it today after uh, the early service. Many of the grown-ups should put up the skates and not do it anymore. So that's what we realized. Uh, but there's awesome uh, Sunday school classes that are going on. There's um, Pastor Sam's Bible study. And you can keep up with everything going on at the church on the church app or on the website. And you can even find our weekly newsletter on there. Um, you can even find out really cool things about the Sunday school classes. I heard today, uh, before I was coming in here, that um, Reverend Kitchens was an awesome Sunday school teacher today. That's what I heard. So, yeah, that's what I heard. So you're going to want to join these things and check it out. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we thank you so much that we can come together and worship with our church family. We pray that you'll calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. Amen.
Please remain standing and join us for the affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. I also want to welcome you and say Merry Christmas in July. Andy doesn't get to have all the fun. I get to say Merry Christmas too. And I tell you what, I've just, I just been thinking I might even go home this afternoon and watch White Christmas. I'm feeling in the mood for some Bing Crosby and some uh, hot cocoa and that kind of thing. Um, it is good that we can think now about the happy faces on those kids uh, for Christmas and, and your helping is going to make that happen. Our kids right now are going to go with Miss Catherine. They're going to have lots of fun in Children's Church today. They always do. All right. As they go, let me remind you uh, that all of this is made possible. Our, our children's activities, our youth activities, our missions, like uh, Christmas in July, all of that is possible because of your support. I want to thank you. I want to thank you for praying for our church. I want to thank you for giving to support it. Uh, if you have a particular prayer request, we want to know about it. We want to hear about it. There are prayer cards that you can find in the offering plates uh, at, at each door. You can, If you're here in person, you can write those down. You can email those to us, and we'll give them to our prayer team. We don't just worship together, we pray together. We don't just worship and pray together. We study and learn together. And we also serve together. And it's, it's wonderful to get to be here with you. I'm glad you're here. Let's pray. God, what an awesome blessing it is to be able to worship with your people. And how awesome it is to be able to sing your praises, knowing that we just reflect here on earth the praises that are being sung all the time around the clock, around the throne with all the saints. We look forward to the day that we see you face to face, Lord. But until that day, we want to be the heralds of the good news. We want to be your hands and your feet. So, Lord, we pray that as we go about doing your business, we can do it with lightness of heart, that we can receive with joy what you give to us, that we can let go of what needs to be taken from us, and that we can do it all with a smile on our face. Help us to lay our burdens down today. Help us to take our needs and leave them with you. 
and help us to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples, Lord, when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Well, I've said it before and I'll say it again. We are, we are blessed in this church with our music, aren't we? We really are. It is, yes, it does. It lifts you right up. And, and it just, just makes it so much easier. Y'all, it makes it so much easier to get up and preach when the music's good. You don't feel like you, you know, like even if the sermon, is, is sermon stinks, you at least got blessing from the music, right? We're talking about freedom this month, uh, and we, we had our wonderful 4th of July service, and then last week we talked about freedom from sin. We celebrated Holy Communion together, and we talked about how there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because Christ has set us free from the law of sin and death. Today we're talking about that freedom means for us, that we are free to go and do to be those who are sent, and so in that light, I want us to look at Luke chapter 10. And I want to ask you to join me. The words will be up on the screen for you, or you can turn. The pew Bibles are there if you like to, to look and, and see in one of those. Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 11, and then verses 17 through 20. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs, to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares your peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. And then down in verse 17, the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name, even the demons submit to us. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A man went into his pastor's office one day and said, Pastor, I've got a bone to pick with you. I have a couple of problems I need to discuss with you. There's some, some, some things going on and different programs in this church that, that I just don't like, and uh, I think something needs to be done around this. And um, the man's pastor said, well, I'm, I'm glad that you're here. 
I'm, I'm glad that you're coming to report these problems to me, and I can tell that you've got a lot of passion and energy around these, around these issues, and so you're just who I've been looking for. I want to put you in charge of taking care of these problems. And the man kind of stammered and stumbled around like, oh, oh you know, I don't want to get involved. You know, I, I've, got, I've got a standing tea time on Friday at the golf club. I mean, we have the grandkids every Wednesday. Every Sunday afternoon, I go fishing with my friends because I've got this new boat. I mean, what's the sense of having a new boat if you don't go fishing? And I, you know what, Pastor? I really would like to be more like an advisor. And his pastor said, you know, that's the problem. I've got 400 advisors. I need a doer. What do you think Jesus would have put in a want ad if they had had newspapers in that day? Do you think Jesus would say, here's what we need. We need more advisors. We need more critics. I don't think so. That's not what he sent the 70 out to do that day in, in Luke chapter 10. What he gave them looked more like marching orders, right? Uh, Jesus had already sent the apostles out and they had already gone out with and they had done basically the same thing that he told these 70 to do. Why 70? I don't know for sure. I think maybe it was 70 because in Genesis chapter 10, and this is what I've been told, in Genesis chapter 10 there are 70 nations that are listed, that's all the nations that they knew of in the world. So to me, it's like what the disciples did on a smaller level. Now he was sending 70 out to go to all the world and do the things that Jesus said for them to do. Now, let's just ask ourselves, what would it be like if all of the followers of Jesus all around the world went to all of the nations and did the kinds of things that Jesus said to do? It would kind of look like the kingdom of heaven was at hand, wouldn't it? You think the world would be a better place? Nod your head if you think if you're with me this week. You're still with me. You're still with me at home. Do one of those little thumbs up emojis on on in the comment section. I think it would be if the followers of Jesus around the world went and did what Jesus told these seventy to do. The world would be a better place. So then, why don't we? What is it? What is it that's keeping us from doing this? Here's some possible reasons, maybe, why we don't go and do. Maybe we think that we can't go and do because we know in our hearts that we're not perfect. I mean, we know. Even if we think nobody else knows, um, we know. We know that we're, we're flawed. But you know, that's really not a good excuse, is it? I mean, look at Jesus's 12 disciples. If you, if you read the Luke chapter 9, right before the passage that we read today, right before Jesus sent these 70 out, we, we read where he's traveling along. Jesus is always traveling because he has his face set toward Jerusalem, right? So he's always on the go. His followers are following him, and he sends out heralds. He sends out messengers ahead of him to prepare the town that Jesus is coming, okay? Send, send them out, send them out. So he sent out heralds 
to the next town and they went to the Samaritan village and the Samaritan village didn't want anything to do with Jesus because Jesus was going to Jerusalem and they had this thing about Jerusalem, right? So James and John, the sons of thunder, James and John came back to Jesus and said, Lord, they don't want anything to do with us. Do you want us to pray that fire will come down from heaven and consume them? I don't see in the scripture where Jesus ever rolled his eyes, but I think at this point he probably rolled his eyes. Come on, really, James and John? Calling fire down on folks because they disagree with you? Come on, guys. Well, in the scripture it says he rebuked them and they just went to another village, right? My point is the ones that Jesus sent out on the mission in Luke chapter 10 were not perfect by any means. They had their hang-ups just like we do, right? As a matter of fact, I'm going to be bold and step out on a limb here and say Jesus only uses imperfect people because that's all he's got to work with, right? So, because Jesus uses people the likes of us, then God can get the glory and not us because anything good that comes out of it it has to be God. It can't be us. So what keeps us from going and doing? Jesus said, go, do. What keeps us from it? Maybe it's just, now if we're honest, and we should be, maybe we're just not ready to pay the cost. Following Jesus costs something. I'll bet you if I were to ask everybody out here and even everybody watching online, if the simple question, do you want to follow Jesus? We'd all be like, yes, I want to follow Jesus. But then we look at chapter 9 at some guys that came up to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, I want to follow you. And you know what he said to them? He said, the foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. You still want to follow? And then there was another guy that Jesus looked at him in the face and said, come on and follow me. And he said, I will, but first let me go bury my father, which Bible historians tell me it probably meant that he was going to go live back at home, wait till his dad died, do the, take care of the estate, do the period of mourning, and then he would be free. And Jesus said, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Follow me and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another one said, I'll follow you, Lord, but first let me just go and say farewell to everybody at my home. That sounds reasonable. Let me just go tell everybody I'm gone. And Jesus said, no one who puts his hand to a plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Do you still want to follow? Yes, Lord, I want to follow you. But are you willing to pay the cost? Are you willing to live by faith? Did you notice how he sent them out? Y'all, I, when, I when I go on a trip, I don't take like 10 suitcases. But I don't not take anything, you know. 
they were having to totally live by faith and because of the hospitality of others. Well, I want to follow you, Jesus, but are you willing to pay the cost? Are you willing to put following him above every other relationship? Wow, that's tough. That's tough. So if we're really honest, we may not be willing to pay the cost. It's a lot easier just to talk a good game. It is. It's easier to talk a good game. It's easier to give advice. (laughs) It's easier to give critique than it is to actually follow. Maybe we don't have a clear picture of maybe that's why we don't go and do maybe we don't have a clear picture of what the mission is you got to know what the mission is so in order for us to be clear I want to get your help we're gonna we're gonna actually say words out loud because you're gonna hear them you're gonna you're gonna say them you're gonna hear yourself say them and it's gonna get all the way down in your spirit okay so you can talk in church and your mama's not going to get on to you, okay? Because I want to get you to say, I'm going to say a word. I got four action words to say. And I want you to, when I'm going to go one, two, three, and I want you to say them out loud. And you, if you're watching on the back deck or the couch or it, it, just if there are people around, I don't care, say it out loud and make them wonder what you're doing. Okay, you ready? The first four action words. The first one is pray. One, two, three. Yes. Oh, y'all were good. You did much better than the early service, I have to tell you. Y'all were, y'all were good at that. Pray. Pray for what? Pray for fire to come down on heaven and consume those that disagree with me? No. Pray, Jesus said, that the Lord would send out laborers into the field because the fields are ripe for harvest. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. I grew up on a farm, and if you didn't grow up on a farm, you're around farm country, so you're going to know what I mean. My dad always said, you got to make hay while the sun shines. Y'all ever heard that? It's a, it's a good metaphor. It's a good saying, but it's also literally true. There's a time that you have to get the hay in. You've got this window of time, and you've got to do it while it's there. There's, there's a window of opportunity that we have. I believe that there are moments that the Holy Spirit brings us into that we just can't afford to miss. The Holy Spirit just pulls on our hearts. We think, you know, I really need to do this. And if we quench that spirit, then we're going to look back and say, you know what, I really should have done that. Maybe there, have you ever had this experience? I have. There was a moment that a word needed to be said. You know, maybe, maybe a kind word. Maybe an apology. And you let that moment go by. And then you said, you know, I wish I'd said what was on my heart. Or have you ever been asked by somebody, has Sheila Freeman, our Connectional Ministries person, ever come and said, hey, could you, could you think you could help with this? And you know, truth be told, you probably really could have. 
but you didn't. You see, our prayer needs to be, Lord, send out more laborers. But when we pray that prayer, we need to be mindful because the Lord just might send us. The second action word is this. You're going to like this one. Eat. Okay, you ready? One, two, three. Eat. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Except that when Jesus said it, he said in verse 8, whenever you enter a town, the people welcome you. Eat what is set before you. Oh. Sometimes that's fun. Y'all, I, I, last Sunday night, Tammy went and she came home uh, with some new kind of ice cream. It was called Roadrunner Raspberry. And she had me a little bowl of Roadrunner Raspberry. And I said, I've never heard of Roadrunner Raspberry. I don't know what Roadrunner Raspberry is. What's Roadrunner Raspberry? She says, here. And, and, and being a, a good follower of the scripture, I ate what was set before me. And it was good. Highly recommend that flavor. Roadrunner Raspberry. But it's not always Roadrunner Raspberry in life, is it? It's not. Um, Ken and Sarah Corson are retired missionaries, and um, they were founders of a missionary training facility called CFAT, S-I-F-A-T, Servants in Faith and Technology, down in close to Lineville, Alabama. And I mean, it's not close to anything. It's out in the middle of nowhere. But it's a wonderful place, and they, they do training for people who are going on the mission field, and then also for people who are live in, in developing countries come and learn how to do skills that they take back home with them. And you take youth groups. Andy's taken the youth group from here before years ago. Maybe some of y'all went. If you've ever been, it's a memorable experience. They've got a, a global village where you, like, sleep in huts and make your own tortillas and all kinds of stuff. But one time I was there and, and see, Sarah and Ken served as missionaries in Bolivia, in the jungles of Bolivia in the 70s. And she has stories to tell. I'm telling you, it just let your imagination go to the jungles of Bolivia and monkeys swinging and sloths slothing and uh, everything you can imagine about being in the jungle, right? And they were there, and they did what, the, they lived like the people there lived. They ate, they ate what was set before them. Sarah said one time that she was outside doing something, and, and some villagers came running up to her. They were so excited. And she noticed several of them, you know, like a whole line of them, were all carrying this dead anaconda. Right? Can you just picture that? And she said, what do you want me to do with that? And they said in their language, dinner. And so as Sarah was telling me in the, our youth group that we're all, our mouths were like, I said, what, Sarah, what did you do? She said, well, I put together some greens and I cooked that snake and we had anaconda salad. Yeah. 
Sometimes it's Roadrunner Raspberry in life, and sometimes it's Anaconda Salad. But the, the, the point is, you know, are you willing to take what God provides for you today and to do it with thankfulness? So that's eat. The third action word is cure. Okay, so one, two, three. Cure, cure the sick who are there, Jesus said in verse 9. Cure. Sometimes we think about cure is just, okay, I'm going to lay hands on somebody and I'm going to pray for them and they're just going to be well like that. Cure, sometimes, sometimes that happens. You know, miracles happen. But the word there, and y'all know that I'm a word nerd. The word in Greek in verse 9 for cure is therapeuo. And it doesn't just mean to heal. It means to serve and to attend to. You say, well, okay, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not a nurse. I, I'm not a physical therapist. I, you know what I mean? I can't, I can't, you know, I can't do that. Well, maybe you could be, and you could, maybe you could be a therapeutic presence to whomever God brings across your path today. Maybe you can't cure them physically, but maybe you can attend to their needs. Maybe you can serve them. Maybe you can be a healing presence to them. And see, this word cure is not just a one-time thing because, you know, words have tenses and, and moods and all of this kind of stuff. The word cure is present imperative and it means to continuously and repeatedly do something. So Jesus sends laborers, sends laborers to be a therapeutic presence. Did they heal the sick? Yes. Does that mean the Lord wants us to pray for the sick to be healed? Yes. Will everybody that we pray for be healed? No. But we can be a healing presence everywhere we go. Wouldn't it be great if we gave off that healing energy everywhere we went? That's our mission. So the last one, the fourth action word is say. Okay, so this is last time. One, two, three, say. say. Yes, say, say what? Say the kingdom of God has come near to you. The kingdom of God has come near to you. They were to say, look, get ready. Jesus is coming. And, and we, we live in the tension of the already and not yet. The, the kingdom of God is, is already here. We're his hands and feet. We're the body of Christ. But the kingdom of God is also coming because Jesus is coming again. We don't know when. It's not for us to know. But the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, that's... That's what it means when we say it's harvest time. This is the opportunity. This is it. The kingdom of God is here. It's now. Seize, seize it. I've had so many people say, well, you know, I really, I, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't know what I could do. Very simple way of putting this, but it's true. 
find something that doesn't look like the kingdom of heaven and make it look a little bit more like the kingdom of heaven. Okay? Seize that moment. So I said we're laborers. I like, I like you know, the fact that Jesus said laborers and not volunteers because volunteers don't get paid. But a laborer is worth his hire, the scripture says. So what do we get paid, right? What do we get paid if we do this? Well, number one, we get paid in life. We'll be alive when we do this and not dead on the inside. James 2.17 says, faith without works is dead. But you know the opposite is true. When we have faith and we put it together with our going and doing, when we put feet to our faith, we come alive. We come alive. Have you ever heard why the Dead Sea is dead? It's on my list of places. I want to go to the Dead Sea someday. I want to lay back and float in it because even, even people like me can float. <laughs> even if you're not very buoyant, you can float in the Dead Sea because it's six times saltier than the ocean. It's, that's one of the reasons it's dead because it's so salty, nothing can live there really. But one of the reasons it's dead is because it's the lowest point on planet Earth and, you know, the Jordan River flows in there. Other tributaries flow in. It has all inflow and no outflow. You know what happens to us spiritually when we've got all inflow? I mean, you know what? We read books. We do all of this kind of stuff. We come to every study. We do all these things. We worship. And we listen to all of the other religious stuff. All inflow, inflow, inflow and no outflow then we're dead. So the payment for going and doing is you'll be alive. That's a pretty good payday. And the next is you'll have joy. Verse 17, I love this part. Whenever, when they started coming back to Jesus, they said, Jesus, this works. Just like you said it would. It said that they had joy, which means gladness of hearts. Laborers in the kingdom get paid in life and joy. Life and joy. We've been given authority and a mission and a payment in life and joy. So what are we going to do about it, right? Well, one of the cool things about being here at Gadsden First United Methodist Church is I get to work with some awesome people. And um, one of our awesome people is Sheila Freeman. Sheila's back there, wave. She's right back there. You know Sheila. She's our connectional ministries person. And she has, one of her things is to connect people with things that need to be done. And so when I was thinking about, I was working on this sermon about going and doing, and I, I said, Sheila, what's something we need right now? What's, what's uh, something we need doers? 
And she said, we, need, we really need some doers on our fellowship team right now because you know what? We're going to be kicking off our wonderful Wednesday meals on August the 18th, and we need people that can serve. You know, we talked about eating, but we need, and now I'm not talking about you have to cook everything. I'm talking about, because food will be there. I'm talking about people that can take a spoonful of potato salad and put it on a plate with a smile. You could do that, couldn't you? So we're going, to need, we're going to need some people because the same people don't want to do it every week. We also are going to have a huge 175th anniversary homecoming service on September the 26th. It's going to be awesome. 175th anniversary. We're going to have a big service together, one united service. The bishop is going to come and preach we're going to just pull out all the stops. The kids are going to sing. Choir's going to sing. Praise band's going to sing. We're going to have, I mean, we're going to we have people dressed up like Charles Wesley and Susanna Wesley and John Wesley. It's just going to be crazy good. And then we're going to have a big meal together upstairs. And you know what? We need people that can take a spoonful of beans and put it on somebody's plate. You know, not complicated. We need servers. We have one of our ladle of love teams. Every Friday we feed um, around 100 people every Friday. Some of them homeless, but everybody is in need. We feed them lunch. One of our teams on the fourth Friday needs some servers. And y'all, I've done this. It's not complicated. Here's what, here's what it looks like on Fourth Fridays to do this. Down at the portico, you get, uh, this is really, really easy. You get a box of Popeye's chicken, and you give it to a smiling person who comes up who's so happy to get that box of Popeye's chicken, and you give them a bottle of water, and you say, God bless you, and they're so happy to get it, and they go on their way. And then you give the next person a box of Popeye's chicken and the water. You don't even have to cook the chicken. It's already there. You, you didn't have to go to the well and pump the water. It's there in the bottle. That, that's all that it needs. But we need people that can do that. I don't know. If that's not your bag, then we have other things. Maybe you have something that God has put on your heart. Come talk to me about it. Come talk to Sheila about it. Talk to Pastor Andy about it. Will you at least pray? Will you do that? Will you at least pray? Pray that the Lord of the harvest will send out laborers. But be careful. Because the Lord of the harvest just might send out you. Let's pray. Lord, we are thankful that we are part of the apostolos, the sent people. You send us out. You give us your Holy Spirit to empower us and guide us. You give us your authority to go. And none of the demons in hell can stand against us when we are going and doing what you've told us to do. You give us life and joy as our payment. It's a wonderful way to live our faith out. So, Lord, in our hearts, we say yes.
Yes. Yes, ahead of time, Lord, to whatever it is you want us to go and do. In Jesus' name, amen. So, our closing hymn today is Lead On, O King Eternal. Will you stand with me as we sing number 580? Now in the name and in the authority and the power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, let us depart from this place to go and do. Amen.